BG Mania, a video game music podcast for June 16th, 2021, is presented by leveldowngames.com. Real quick, guys, this episode was recorded, I want to say like 10 days ago. We did it before E3, and then I didn't have a chance to actually put it together before everything happened. So some of the things we mentioned might seem off in terms of timing. That's just because this was supposed to post last week. Sorry about that. You're listening to Main Title from Dragon's Dogma, released May 22nd, 2012, composed by Tadoyashi Makino, with vocals by Aubrey Ashburn. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania Video Game Music Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian. And joining me on the show today, a Wednesday delight. It's no longer the Wednesday special. It's Frank. <laughs> I like that even better. I don't know, man. I'm about to change my Twitter by or something like that. I just, I just come up with random. You'd be like the Young Bucks. They change it every week based off of, like, whatever, whatever the stupid crap fans and are they, saying. And they tweet out, hey, we updated our bio. I know. <laughs> Real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a rating and a review on there to help us out. Invisibility for search results. Uh, it really does do a massive difference. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Frank, this week I am excited to be focusing on another year, a week after we focused on a composer. And if you missed last week's episode, go check out uh, the, the spotlight that we did on um, Naoki Kodaka. And thank you again to Bedroth for, uh, you know, helping curate that playlist and for making a special guest appearance in the episode. And apologies once again for the horrendous audio on that episode. Hopefully I won't be a dumbass and forget to export my own audio this week. But, uh, <laughs> Frank, it's been a very long time since we did uh, a focus on a specific year. And today, we're going to be talking about the year 2012. And next year, it'll be 10 years ago, which is crazy to think about. But it's also been a very long time since we focused on one particular year. We'd have to go all the way back to uh, episode 136 when we focused on uh, 1994. So we actually were looking at our playlist. We've only done even years. We've done 92, 94, 98, and 2002. And now we're doing 2012. So Frank did mention we have to get an even year in there. Or an odd year. I don't know why I said even because we're doing evens. We have to get an odd year in there somewhere. If we get another even year, then it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> 
It could be our fan. Could be the thing. We only focus on even, uh, even dated years. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to do this because 2012 had a lot of interesting things develop in my life and in video games. And a lot of things happened in 2012 that we're going to talk about on the episode today. And, I, and I'm really yeah, excited man, to get like, this like, like things. April 1st, 2012, when they hacked the Roblox website. That's bullshit, man. I need to play my game. Oh, did that happen in 2012? Yeah, it's man you and i hung out in 2012 you were at a you were at a wedding in vegas in like may of 2012 was it may it, it was a hot it was a hot month it could have been even june or july well i know it wasn't june or july uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was true it's probably april may yeah yeah it had to have been april or may i think it was may but uh 2012 had a lot of a lot of stuff happen that we're going to talk about throughout the episode but man i am so excited that we got to play that opening track today uh from a game that i absolutely love dragon's dogma the main title theme opened us Dude, up what beautiful I, beautiful I, 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 Aubrey Ashburn, if you're single and available and you like fat, balding Italian man. <laughs> Fred, she, she's, got the vo- she's got the voice you love, man. She does. She's the voice of an angel. I love her. The, the, the voice of an angel. Not the lips of an angel, though. Shout out to Hinder. I miss Hinder. Hinder. Was Hinder still popular in 2012? I think they were. Hinder were already popular when they came out. Bull crap, man. I was a big Hinder fan. You weren't a big Hinder fan back in the day? I was. No, no one was. Yes, so there was. A, a oh, lot he, of he, people he, 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 were. Hinder and the gender. Okay. <laughs> How about rap royalty being born? January seventh, twenty twelve. Blue Ivy Carter. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Isn't that okay. crazy? It's it's been nine years. Yeah, she's nine years old. Yeah. Crazy. That's insane. She'll, but, she'll, uh, she'll, she'll have a Grammy before the both of us. Probably. <laughs> Never will. So. <laughs> I'm oh man. Dream. Oh, we're going to have a lot of fun on the episode today. So let's go ahead and kick to our first block of music on the show. Frank, you've got a typical Frank pick in this block. Yes, uh, I apologize in advance. (laughs) We'll talk more when we get back. Enjoy. (laughs) You're listening to Cosmic Elevator from Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Released March 6, 2012, composed by Hideyuki Fukisawa.
You're listening to Canterlot from My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, released November 8th, 2012, composed by Daniel Ingram. You're listening to Zerfesh Twilight from Torchlight 2, released September 20th, 2012, composed by Matt Yulman. Yeah, man, Street Fighter versus Tekken. I actually like that game a lot. On the on the Eve, well, not technically Eve, but the, the pre-E3 week where we're getting a Capcom presentation next week. Wonder if we'll see anything Street Fighter related there. Uh, I bet you we see Street Fighter 6 because Frankie's get, he's ready to get hurt again. That's what it is, you know? <laughs> Maybe maybe they'll make up for the uh, for the launch of Street Fighter Five. Who knows? But this track, man, I, I felt like I was back in a nightclub, just dancing away. This is Seriously, great. Man. You pop a couple mollies and you're good to go. Do you pop mollies? I don't know what mollies are. Um, I mean, I think you do pop them, but I certainly don't. I only okay. smoke weed. <laughs> uh, Cosmic Elevator. This is a stage theme. Yes, stage I thought so. I thought so. It's been a while since I've played Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Um, man, I, I don't even know that I ever... Was there a story mode in this game, or was it just no, all arcade? No, it was, it was all arcade. I was trying um, to think if there was even a story mode. I didn't. I wasn't sure. I, th- I think there was, like, like forced team-up kind of things you had to do along the way, but there was no that might, story. That might have been, yeah. I'm listening to this as we still talk about it here, man. I'm just I'm just dancing in my chair as we go. As far as it's my good. gaming experience, this game, this game kind of suffered for the fact that I was the only one who bought it, so... Unless they were coming over to play, I had no one else to play with. Um, I like playing myself sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty much already done with my club scene in 2012, but this makes me wish that I, uh, makes me wish that I could go back at, you know, 35 and not look out of place at a club. This is good. I like this. I like this. More so than your next track that you decided to grace us with, but I really like Street Fighter uh, in Tekken. Oh, 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 fine. You gotta show some love (laughs) to to, to, to the fans of the greatest, longest-running cartoon series of all time, 
This is a cartoon series. This is it cartoon. really? It's, is it really the longest running cartoon? There's no way. The Simpsons is. Of course it's not. I just say. I was gonna say the Simpsons uh, is. Is it not? Is it still is? Right? The Simpsons? I believe it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, but one of the most beloved stories and lifestyles ever. Uh, My Little Pony: Friendship with Magic, the game. Uh, a a city building game, apparently. I did not know this was a thing, and granted, I. Oh, a question is not just going to build itself, you stupid clapper. Okay. I've, I've never, uh, I've never played a My Little Pony game. But now, wait a second. Did you actually play this? Absolutely not. Okay. This was a mobile game, and we did a mobile game episode. I thought maybe you would have played this. No, 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 not my scene. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, for Christ's sakes, I watched He Man and GI Joe. They're not much better. Um. <laughs> Now, okay, all those cartoons, all of those cartoons and stuff were way better than what we had in 2012 and still get in 2021 because cartoons have gone drastically downhill, man. If I can go on a, a side tangent for just a second with that. Please, I, I did really on do. Hinder. <laughs> I really miss this like Saturday morning cartoons. I'm an, I'm an older guy. I'm going to be even older by the time this episode posts, I think. No, by the next episode. No, this, this episode posts in like a couple hours, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I have a birthday coming up, and I, I've been looking back at Saturday morning cartoons. How much I just love that time, and there's nothing anymore. This past Saturday, I actually tried to just find cartoons to put on, and yeah, there's the Cartoon Network and all those kids things, but no like mainstream cartoons anymore. Like these poor kids. It used to it used to be just on like normal yeah, like ABC, ba NBC, basic CBS. cable, not even cable, basic over the air channels. Like, you used to be able to find stuff. And yeah, they definitely don't do that anymore. I would assume that maybe Boomerang or... I mean, nowadays, you have Disney Plus. You have, yeah. all, these, have all these cartoon-based channels. So it's not even a necessity anymore. It's just like, it, it was a time in our lives, you know, where we didn't have DVRs. We didn't have the internet. Believe it or not, me and Brian are that old. We lived before that. Um, mm -hmm. Several Man. years before the internet. Yeah. Granted, well, the internet the internet kind of broke life. in in like what the early nineties, but it didn't actually become mainstream and popular till like two thousand one two. No, AOL was like ninety five, and that's when yeah, it really that, became mainstream. I'm talking about like the real world, like Facebooks and stuff. Yeah. Oh sure, uh, yeah. That back then, absolutely. But um, my with AC, with, my, my with America Online in, in ninety five, yeah. like that's sort of when. It, it hit mainstream, and I think I finally got internet in 96, so... Uh, I had so many of those AOL discs, you have no me idea. Me too, me too. I, I remember going to my friend Craig's house, and that's the first time I was actually, like, introduced. His dad was a teacher, and it was, like, the first time that I was introduced to uh, the internet. And I was like, what is this? This is great! <laughs> my first internet experience was playing, I believe it was Duke Nukem, Oh, geez. Uh, I guess my cousin who was across the street, he was, he's the cousin from Ohio who came to visit. He's like, you do this, do this. And he explained how it all worked. And we played Doom. Uh, we played play Doom Doom too. And he just wrecked me. <laughs> but, but, but it's not fair. He has like 30 years on me. So. Oh, man. Have you, do you have Pluto installed anywhere? They no. recently just put, um, and it, it's sort of like a, a TV service. They actually yeah, just put a, a, a classic cartoon channel on there that I've kind of had on in the background. Uh, it's great, man. They've got a lot of like 1940s, 1950s, and, and 1960s style cartoons on there. Uh, definitely recommend checking that out. But I was loving that last track you'd brought there in that block from man, Torchlight 2. It has some really great parts in it. I mean, the whole thing is, is pretty good in general, but like some definitely Undertaker-y, evil ministry. Oh, yeah, stuff. absolutely, which is, man. Which is in line with the game itself. Um, now, was there... They're up, they're up to Torchlight 
four or are they on three? I forget exactly where they stopped. They may have stopped with Torchlight 3. That's right. Torchlight 3 was the most recent one uh, because that one was actually rebranded from Torchlight Frontiers. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, was initially meant to be like an MMO, but I don't know that it ever actually... I never played Torchlight 3. I don't know if it actually is an MMO because it released on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch as well. Um, yeah, there. okay, here it is. Initially, Torchlight 3 as Torchlight Frontiers had been a massively multiplayer online game. Uh, but when they actually rebranded it as Torchlight 3, they took out all the MMO stuff. How weird. How weird. Interesting. I wonder if we'll ever get a, uh, a Torchlight 4. Torchlight 1 and 2 were awesome. Never played it's, Torchlight 3, though. But, but, but it sucks when you, like, you ruin a game's legacy by doing that kind of crap. They, they, they definitely just used it for their name. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this track, man, even has a lot, and, and would make sense because of the style of the game. Heavy Diablo vibes in this track as well. Um, so. I actually did cut a Diablo 3 track, which came out in 2012. I didn't pick it either, but I wanted to. I actually, I had the hardest time figuring out my tracks on the episode today. So much so that I sent you a list of like 15 yeah. games that I had narrowed it down to. And I was like, Frank tell me some of these games are crossovers so that way it'll make me narrowing down my, my list easier. I, it sucks that they weren't. Uh, and uh, none of them were! <laughs> none of them were. Well, it's because I use my picks on things like, you know, My Little Pony. Frankly. My Little Pony, yeah. You didn't put in the heavy hitters like Diablo 3 and that kind I, of stuff. I cut Diablo 3. I actually cut Borderlands 2. So I'm sorry I can't hear anything from that. Also came out in 2012. Another good chunk of my gaming experience. Yeah, unreal that you cut that one too because I know I, that you well, put so much I, time I into that. I left some room for some pretty good stuff that you wouldn't expect from me. Yeah, which I'm, uh, I think maybe that your entire next block of tracks is a little surprising, Frank Picks. But uh, before we get to that, I actually have some incredible tracks that I want to play here in my first block. Uh, because if you remember, 2012 was also the launch of the PlayStation Vita. So let's go ahead and check out this block and then we'll be right back. You're listening to Mono a Mono from Uncharted Golden Abyss, released February 15th, 2012, composed by Clint Bajakian.
You're listening to By Orion's Light from Terra, released May 1st, 2012, composed by Ainan Zur, Rod Abernethy, and Chris Velasco. You're listening to Paradigm Shift from Final Fantasy 13-2, released January 31st, 2012, composed by Naoshi Mizuda.
So yeah, the uh, PlayStation Vita launched in 2012 here in North America, February 15th, 2012. And it's sad because it was discontinued uh, over two years ago now, March 1st, 2019. I think the Vita, even though I'm a massive Nintendo fan, I think Still the Vita is going to go down. Huh? Did definitely be how Stadia in its run though, so. Oh, well, I mean, Stadia's still going strong, but it's only been, what, a year or so? <laughs> um, sorry, I wouldn't say going strong, but, uh, yeah, the Vita probably, even though I'm a massive Nintendo fan, uh, I, I was never a, a, a major fan of Nintendo's handhelds after the Game Boy Advance. Like, the, the DS, the 3DS, I had them, I played them, but I wasn't, like, huge into them. But when the Vita came out in 2012, I got mine in uh, 2013. Jessica got it for me, and then she got it for me alongside uh, Persona 4 Golden and E's Memories of Salsetta. And eventually I would play this game, Uncharted Golden Abyss, uh, which is an incredible, incredible Uncharted game. Really felt like you were actually playing uh, a console Uncharted experience. I loved the Vita, and I honestly think it's probably going to still go down as my favorite handheld, dedicated handheld, I'm going to say, because the Switch is incredible. Damn, you broke, I was going to say, say, the Switch is mine. It's not a dedicated handheld. Uh, the Vita it is, is definitely, <clears throat> well, sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I, even though I have been playing the Switch a lot more handheld lately, I do still prefer it docked for certain games. Um... But this particular track, uh, Mono a Mono from Uncharted Golden Abyss, you just feel like you're back in the jungles, man. You feel like you're Nathan Drake. It's it's epic. It's got some Indiana Jones vibes, which of course it should, but this is just a great piece of music. Yeah, I like that one, but I really, really liked your next one. Okay, so Tara, and I was talking to you a little bit about this when we were re-listening to them by Orion's Light. It was a, a racial theme in the game. The, so these are the uh, the, the Baraka uh, was the, the race, and they're these like big stony... Uh, Baraka's a Dracodin, dumbass. Well, they're, they're big stone-like characters and creatures, and, and they were like, they kind of reminded me of Titans from Warcraft, and when Terra came out, initially it came out in Korea in 2011, so I, I know we're kind of skating the line a little bit since the game didn't initially release in 2012, but it did here in North America, and I mean, it was the only way for really us to play it, because unless you lived in Korea, uh, you could not play this game because of the servers, I believe everything was locked. Um, but when it did hit in 2012, it was the first MMO besides Warcraft. And I mean, maybe Guild Wars to an extent, but yeah, like... To hell, I, I, to, hell, to hell with all of us Ultima Online players, you bastard. Well, but no, I'm not talking like newer MMO experiences okay. because Warcraft really simplified, even though, you know, like classic Warcraft, the Burning Crusade... They, they were challenging games more so than Warcraft is now, way more than Warcraft is now. But they had already simplified a lot of things that were, you know, more difficult to do in Ultima or EverQuest or, you know, the, those games and MMOs that were released in the mid-90s and early 2000s. Warcraft kind of simplified a lot of that stuff and made it better when it hit in 2004. So this 
you know, being eight years later, I was starting to think of like really what the future of MMOs would look like. Because as you'll see, I have a pick later on from a, from a Warcraft expansion that released in 2012. And I just was really excited at the time for, for the future of MMOs. And I still really don't think... I mean, Terra didn't live up to my expectations. The music's incredible, but the game never hooked me as much as I wanted it to. And still to this day, outside of Warcraft and now Final Fantasy XIV, if you listen to the Level Down Games podcast, I've absolutely fallen in love with Final Fantasy XIV, finally, since I'm playing it on the PlayStation 5. I'm up to level 52 out of 80. We're getting there. We're slowly getting there. Uh, those two MMOs are still the cream of the crop, man. Like, nothing's, I don't think, ever going to unseat them. I hope something does. Like, I really want something to, because I'm ready for a new experience. But every time an MMO hits, it always just kind of falls flat. Like, they never stick, and that kind of makes me sad. <laughs> I mean, you, could, you got some big shoes to try to, you know, oust. Absolutely. But speaking of Final Fantasy, I did bring a track uh, because Final Fantasy 13 2 released in 2012. And I'm glad that I got to play this battle theme here, Paradigm Shift, because we've played a handful of tracks from Final Fantasy. Remember back when we did the, uh, the trilogy, the Final Fantasy 13 trilogy episode? What did we do? I think we played six apiece, maybe. Maybe we did an extended episode that one. I don't remember exactly how many we played from each one. It sounds like something we would have done, though, either five or six from each game. But uh, this was one that we did not play here, and I'm glad because it kind of starts out very, like, dance club vibe-ish, and then it just kind of maintains that all the way through. So kind of call back, well, not as intense, I guess, as Cosmic Elevator earlier in the episode, but still really, really strong and good. <laughs> no, man. Um, and so this is a battle theme, so... Yeah, one of them. One of many. There were several battle themes in uh, in 13.2. Uh, like, like I was telling you, I think it's like a four-disc uh, set for the soundtrack, 80 or 90-some tracks. I know 13 as a trilogy has a ton of music to sift through and listen to. Uh, now, obviously, the soundtrack to 13.2 did reuse a lot of things from 13, but, um, you know, there there was a lot of originality there, too, because you were completely playing as different characters for the most of the game, so... Um, I'm still wondering if we're ever gonna get, like, not necessarily a remastered, but sort of like how Bioware at EA just put out the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is a compilation of the original Mass Effect trilogy. I wonder if we're going to get a compilation of 13.13.2 and Lightning Returns. That honestly could be something that Square announces at their E3 show this year. Like, it's been long enough for them to put out a compilation of those on modern platforms. I could see it happening. I really could. We'll see. We'll see. We're getting a new game announced. I'm telling you right now. Well, they're working on... They're, dude, they're working on 16... They're working on Endwalkers, which is the latest expansion for 14. They're working on 7 Remake Part 2. They're potentially working on something with Team Ninja called Final Fantasy Origin that we should be finding out some fun next week. And as we're going to see, I, I honestly think we might get a Kingdom Hearts announcement next week, too. So there's a lot of things that Square is doing. Uh, I, I don't think there's room for like a 13-4. <laughs> we want a full 3D remake of Final Fantasy 4. Man, I, well, you know what I think they should do is is start remaking these games, sort of like what they're doing with um, Dragon Quest Three, which was recently announced for uh, you know during the Dragon Quest thirty fifth anniversary celebration. It's being done in that HD two D style, which you know it made famous by Octopath Traveler and now Project Triangle Strategy is using it as well when it comes out next year. But they're remaking Dragon Quest Three in that style. 
imagine them remaking Final Fantasy 4 or Final Fantasy 6 or Chrono Trigger in that style. Like, oh my god, dude, they'd be amazing. I, I, I really hope they do. And I think Dragon Quest 3 might be the testing waters because Dragon Quest 3 is a very popular game, especially in Japan. So if it does well, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll start doing the yeah, same for buy nine copies. Chrono Trigger in Final Fantasy 6. <laughs> But I'm actually shocked, Frank, as we get ready to move into your next block of tracks here. Outside of maybe the one that we're going to hear in the middle, uh, I'm very shocked by these picks. So let's go ahead and take a listen to these, and then we'll be right back after that. You're listening to Sanctuary from E's Memories of Celsetta, released September 27th, 2012, composed by Atsushi Shirakawa. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. You're listening to Viking Zombie Sail on Lightning Seas from Lollipop Chainsaw, released June 12th, 2012, composed by Akira Yamioka.
You're listening to Cesarezo Hill from Rune Factory 4, released July 19th, 2012, composed by Tomoko Morita. That's right. I picked all three of those tracks. Man, starting us out with some uh, speaking of, I mentioned it earlier, Ease Memories of Salsetta, uh, a leftover, I'm assuming, pick from our Sanctuary episode from last year. <laughs> I honestly, I have such a crazy leftover folder of just like random things that are in there. I do too. I do too. Like stuff that didn't make the cut because I always, you know, you and I have a shared playlist that we add tracks to throughout the week. But I also have my own playlist where I save things that, you know, I I haven't narrowed down yet for the episode. And then anything that doesn't make it, I usually file into separate folders, like based on what it is. And then I'll just go back to those if I ever need them later. So, uh, yeah, I have a a massive list of folders and stuff, too, of of filed away tracks. (laughs) I wish I knew about playlists because I never had one going on. Oh, really? Uh, so I, yeah, I never did. So I, I literally had bookmarks for every single song. Oh, uh, damn. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. That's yeah. that's now speaking of AOL, that's something we would have had to have done like back in, you know, 20 years ago. Old habits die hard. But yeah, 25 years ago. Man, I always remember that, you know, you can't just say 20 years ago anymore because 20 years ago is 2001 and things were starting to become more normalized then. So it's, it's the pretty be- crazy. The, the beginning of the George W. Bush presidency. That's true. <laughs> Here's a little uh, 2012 fact. Uh, a couple of notable deaths, and and there's something fun because you want to end on a bad thing. So uh, Whitney Houston. Oh wow. Okay. Ten years ago, almost. Damn. The the print version of Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> still existed as a CD-ROM though, right? Or whatever, or a website. I bet. Website, yeah. Because you used to be able to get it on on the actual uh, on the actual CDs. I used to give them to you when you bought a PC. Nowadays, you can get it on your watch. Uh, and these things entered into our world. They've probably been around forever, but the word entered the English lexicon, the escape room. Oh, man. Okay. Escape rooms really became popular 
Not in 2012. Maybe a few years later, probably? Yeah, was it when the word officially became a thing? Like, you know? Right. Like, I mean, there were definitely some probably in L.A. and, you know, like big tourist cities. Maybe New York had a few. But uh, everybody has escape rooms now. The smallest town will have an escape room. <laughs> doesn't matter it could be a backwoods country town and they have an escape oh, room might be, an, might be an escape barn might be an escape barn those are those are different kinds of escape rooms and you just gotta run and don't look back okay those are, those are the ones where they're actually trying to kill you <laughs> i've seen one too many movies oh man frank you actually had us uh had us graced by an akira yamioka track as well and uh, I'm so glad you did, because anytime that he gets to really perform on the guitar, kind of like, you know, what he's done with Silent Hill and all that kind of stuff. Um, and dude, it's so good. And this track sounds so much like Mick Gordon, too. It's, it's pure rock. I told Brian like, during a little break, I literally picked it for the title, but I was so pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. that it was a great track. It reminds me of like a, a title that, Amana Marth or exactly um, any any of these like Nordic metal bands with Viking zombies sail on lightning seas. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, it's so metal. Oh, yeah, it's so but, great. But, but, but I heard your Nathan explosion come out there. <laughs> so freaking awesome, dude. I don't, I don't, let me see if I can. Viking zombies sail I can't do it. It's too hard. I'm not good at it. I can't sing like that. It's 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 way too difficult. I've never been able to like scream vocals. It's too challenging. And it's also 2:30 in the morning. <laughs> great pick though. Great pick. and a great game. Lolly cho- uh, Lolly Chop. Lollipop Chainsaw. It's actually kind of fun. I have never played it. Hell, hardly ever even heard of it. But uh... Oh wow. Okay. Well, I remember renting it uh on on the 360 from either Gamefly or one of the random Gamefly-like services that existed back in the day, because I tried them all. <laughs> but uh, this game actually was it was pretty decent. But if you remember, it also kind of launched the career of Jessica Negri. Oh, because, uh, yeah, she, like, she became big initially by doing the Juliet Starling uh, Juliet Starling cosplay at E3 2012. And that kind of like, you know, she was around obviously before that, but that cosplay character kind of launched her forward to now one of the biggest cosplayers of all time. Well, so that's kind of cool. Until I knew I mark on the scene, okay? Well, what are you going to cosplay as first, Frank? Because I've seen you in a Spider-Man costume. I've seen you in uh, several costumes, and I and I don't know that I want to see any more. I'm thinking another video game. I'll, I'll join forces with the boy in this blob. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be the blob, I'm assuming. I'm just gonna need a child to throw jelly beans at me. <laughs> see if you can borrow one of Kyle's kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got nieces? They'd just be a girl in her blob. Just change there the title. Go. A there girl on her blob. <laughs> uh, actually, I do have a nephew now, so... There you go, eventually. Give, give a few years to get big, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> and Jessica's going to love that final pick there, Frank, from Rune Factory 4, as she anticipates the release. Hopefully, we'll get a release date at E3, but I don't know, uh, of Rune Factory 5. But man, what a great track this is. Well, I picked the one because 2012 was when I met Jessica. 2012 is when I met Jessica. <laughs> 2012 was when Jessica entered our lives. Yeah, 2012, Jessica and I started dating in June. 2012 was an interesting year for me. 
Uh, surprise, a lot of people don't know, I, I initially was married and I got divorced in 2012 as well, but thankfully I met Jessica and we have been together ever since. Um, sometimes I, I can't believe that I'm able to say that her and I have been together for on Wednesday next week on the 16th. That's our nine year anniversary. We got together June 16th, 2012. Um, that's, that's longer than most Hollywood marriages. That's longer than most Hollywood marriages. That's the longest relationship I've ever been in. My marriage only lasted two years. Um, my longest relationship at the time was four years. So this is by far like it for me. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm in it for the long haul here. We're going to make this work regardless of what happens. Ups, downs, doesn't matter. We love each other. That's all that matters. Uh, I, just, I don't want to see you on the first 48. What's, what's that? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, wait, 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 she kills you and dumps your body. Oh. In the <laughs> I mean, I guess that could happen. Who knows? You heard it here first if it does. But, man, I love this track. She's actually been been wanting me to play uh, Rune Factory 4 Special Edition. And whenever I have some time, I, I really do kind of want to sit down and, and try to get through this game because she does love it so much. Um, you know, Rune Factory 4 being... But, but, uh, I guess alongside The Sims, you know, I, I wouldn't say that she likes Rune Factory more than The Sims. She plays The Sims way more often, but Rune Factory 4 definitely would be up there in terms of like her top games of all time. And I can't wait until Rune Factory 5 comes out to see how she likes that and where that one ends up ranking. But I, I do need to give these games a chance because they are just extensions of Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons, which has always with been monsters. a series that I've enjoyed. Exactly. With with actual like dungeons to explore and relationships to cultivate more so than Harvest Moon has and, and all that kind of stuff. So it is something that I definitely want to try to get into. So we'll see. But man, great pick. I love that. And I have no idea about any of the music in the games, like where they are. I would have to defer to Jessica. And, and as soon as she hears this, she'll let me oh, know exactly place where this on, is uh, at. Sir, Sir Hill. Well, of course it does. It's the name of the track, but I don't know exactly where it does in the game. But uh, as soon as Jessica hears it, she'll she'll know for sure right where it's at and she'll let me know. <laughs> but Frank, 2012 was a busy year. Besides the Vita, something else launched in 2012. Level down games. No, we didn't launch no, until 2016. No. I'm talking the Wii U. <laughs> the best system. Oh, man, and I got a pick from a Wii U launch game in this next block of music. I got some good ones coming up. Let's take a listen, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Theme of Monada from Nintendo Land. Released November 18th, 2012, composed by Ryo Nagamatsu.
You're listening to Two Galaxy from Halo 4, released November 6, 2012, composed by Neil Davidge.
You're listening to The Wandering Isle from World of Warcraft Mists of Pandaria. Released September 25th, 2012, composed by Neela Cree, Russell Brower, and Jeremy Soule.
Yeah, so the Wii U, I didn't get my Wii U until Valentine's Day of 2013. Speaking of Jessica, that was the first, like, really big purchase she actually made for me. She got me the Wii U on Valentine's Day and, uh, you know, a game to go along with it. And, you know, the Wii U, it had its ups and downs, man. There were some good games on there, some hidden gems. But Nintendo didn't take care of the Wii U like they should have. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get some good music and some, like I said, some some decent first party games off of there. I am I, I'm kind of wondering if we'll ever see them go back into the Nintendo land well, because it had an interesting premise where you had all of these like mini games lumped together in like almost before like Super Mario Land was a thing at Universal Studios this was like a Nintendo theme park more or less you know what I mean yeah like it, it, it was their take on like a Nintendo theme park uh, just not fully fleshed out and a lot of the mini games were were a lot of fun in Nintendo Land. I remember playing the you know the the Battle Quest from Zelda or the oh man the Animal Crossing. I don't remember what it was called, but you had to collect candy as the little villagers running around. Um, there was that the, the, the Metroid game. There yeah, was... the Metroid Blast. I remember that one. That one actually was like a, a team based game. Uh, there was a balloon man. There was there was some. I'm trying to remember. There's a balloon trip game, um, oh, something with F Zero, Captain Falcon. I remember there was something there. There were so many. I don't remember all of them. I would have to go back and actually like look. I don't remember all of them. But this one here, the the track that I picked, and, and Frank actually corrected me. I think I've been saying it wrong all this time. I was saying theme of Monita, and he's like, wait, I think it's Monita, like a monitor. And I was like, holy crap, you might be right. Uh, theme of Monita, which which would make way more sense. Um, I, I enjoyed this track, and, and I really hope that, you know, we haven't seen the last of this as an IP for Nintendo, because it, it is certainly it something... It should have been bundled with the Switch. We should have had well, a new version. I, well, that's something like that, or even... Switch, Switch had no bundled game. It didn't. It didn't have any bundled game. Did the Wii U have a bundled game? Was it a... No, I don't like Nintendo the... Win was it Was it bundled? It may have it been. It was bundled on mine, for sure. It may, have been. Pay for that. it may have been bundled. I don't remember. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was a pack and launch. I just double-checked, so... Um, and then, obviously, the Wii had Wii Sports. The GameCube didn't have a bundled one, though, did it? No, I actually bought mine as a bundle, because that's the only way I was able to find one at the Price Club when it came Nor out. Nor did the N64. No, Super Mario 64 was not bundled either. Um, so, interesting. But, yeah, I'm surprised that we have yet to see, like, a Nintendo Land 2 or even just a re-release of Nintendo Land because Nintendo has ported most of their first-party games off of the Wii U onto the Switch to give them second life. Uh, what are we waiting on now? So I guess if, if they ever do Nintendo Land, that would be it. But the only other one that we have yet to get from the Wii U at this point is Xenoblade Chronicles X. And I know for a fact that's going to get ported eventually, so we'll see. 2012 also had Halo 4. And this What's one... Well, I don't remember a lot about Halo 4. I remember playing it, but it didn't leave like a memorable impression on me. N neither did Halo 5. This was like the start of uh, uh, really the decline of Halo, I guess. You know, Halo 1, 2, and 3 were so awesome. But 4 and 5, outside of the, the stuff that, you know, developed between Chief and Cortana, I, I don't really care or remember anything else. 
and I'm so hopeful as we move into this fall with Halo Infinite still expected to make it this year that Halo just ends up good again. That's what I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping Halo just reclaims its throne. I bet you it was always good because, you know, in 2012, the Large Hadron Collider, you know, rediscovered something that looks like a Higgs boson and, and destroyed the whole universe, creating, you know, the Mandelaverse. Uh, so maybe this universe for Halo was always good. Well, the Higgs boson was, or I'm sorry, the uh, the the Large Hadron Collider was 2012. Yeah. Man, everybody thought, I didn't know that was 2012. It's crazy how things that almost feel like they've been around forever have only been actually a thing for less than 10 years. But uh, I remember everybody freaking out about the Large Hadron Collider because there was like a, a legit fear and a real concern that scientists were going to create a mini black hole and literally f- screw the earth and get like just obliterate humanity and civilization in like the blink of an eye. Yeah, and now we have the Berenstain Bears. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so there are th- there are people that believe that happened, right? There are people that believe the Large Hadron Collider accidentally destroyed everything and then they reset it somehow and we're now living in a simulation. There are people that think, you know, because 2012 was supposed to be the end of the world according to the Mayans, if you remember. Um, So all all these things, you know, all that happening. Now they've said what? You you would need like a hundred times or a thousand times the power of the Large Hadron Collider to even get to the point where you'd be able to make a black hole and even like bigger than something that you could see I guess is what I'm trying to say like there might be small black holes that we can't see being created but because of the Hawking radiation which is that crap that like spawns out and then instantly kills itself I've watched a lot of videos man I, I love this stuff but because of Hawking radiation like most black holes end up dissolving when they're that small so it'd be like if we can see it then we're screwed type of a thing so it's when you look at this guy and you go, damn, and it all ends. <laughs> and then, well, it's not even, I don't even think you'd have a chance. Like legit. What did they say? Like I, if, if a black hole were to ever happen like that, it would instantly like get bigger and somehow move to the middle of the earth and destroy everything before we even knew it. Like, I don't know how it would, how it happens. It's just That's insane. That's how I want to go. Space is is amazing, dude. Like, I don't know if you just saw the story today. Um, I, I saw Congress actually like approved like the the semiconductor whatever or something. I didn't look into it too much yet, but because of international uh, progress on on space race, uh, I think maybe you know the U.S. is finally going to start taking it seriously again. Because man, like space really is. Are, are we really taking it seriously when Jeff Bezos is going to the moon in a couple of days? Well, can the the the, the, yeah, the, no. <laughs> the, the man the man is going to be the first trillionaire on Earth, and and yeah. and he's just. I mean, what what happens if something goes wrong? Like, oh man, I, I am I am so scared for him. <laughs> I'm so scared for him. But well, Uncle, Je- Uncle Jeff, don't forget me in the will. Something like space really is the final frontier. And I do hope, you know, talking about Halo, which is all about, you know, exploring these different planets. And I'm kind of replaying through the Mass Effect trilogy again, thanks to the Legendary Edition. It's never going to happen in our lifetimes, but I really hope. Well, not in yours, Brian. (laughs) Probably not yours either. But I hope that humanity at one point 
makes it to a, a spacefaring so, like society or civilization. Like, I hope we don't destroy ourselves before we achieve true excellence. You know what I mean? Because I, I really do think humans are pretty awesome as a species with what we're capable of doing. Now, granted, we make terrible decisions and most people are horrible people. But for what we're capable of doing, humanity's kind of awesome. So yeah. I, I really, yeah, I really hope. Water buffalo, fucking useless yaks. Well, the water buffalo, man, are, well, not water buffalo, water bears. They're indestructible. They're indestructible. So. Man. If I had the ma- magical powers of a tardigrade, I'd be unstoppable. <laughs> and then closing out my block there, I had a track from uh, the expansion for World of Warcraft that released in 2012. We've only ever played one track from Mr. Pandaria, the Jade Forest. So well, here you know, I'm crazy because the music always gets better. Like every expansion, like it, it is absolutely true. Like the, the, the music for Warcraft gets more diverse and stronger as the expansions go on. Now, that's not taking anything away from the prior expansions. You know, I've recently got, thanks to Kyle, sucked back into the Burning Crusade classic uh, or or just the Burning Crusade. Thanks for sucking, Kyle. No, not thanks for sucking, even though he does suck, but he he was telling me that uh, him and his friends might actually be starting up a raid team in the Burning Crusade, and I was like, well, man, now that you mention that, because the Burning Crusade has some of my favorite raids, so I've since, they're playing Horde. you were playing Mists of Pandaria on Windows 8 back in the day. Was Windows 8 the uh, the current Windows back in 2012? It actually came out in 2012, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Um... I've never played Horde that much in Warcraft, and Kyle always kind of gravitates toward the Horde as he Just and his friends do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a troll. I'm a troll shaman, and I'm level, uh, you know, I boosted up to 58. I did the Dark Portal Pass. I wasn't going to sit down and level up all the way to 70. Screw that. I took the easy way out. I paid $40 and boosted up to 58, and now I'm just leveling up to 70. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the time. I don't have the, and I wanted to, you know, just jump right in and, and kind of get caught up to them. I don't have time to devote to leveling all the way up to 60 and then jumping into the burning crusade. I just wanted to get in with the new content. So, but going to Mr. Pandaria, Mr. Pandaria, I think, you know, it, it gets a bad rap because it released the Pandaren as a race in Warcraft. And it, you know, initially, the Pandaren were a joke race for Warcraft. Like, the first time we ever saw them was a few years prior as an April Fool's joke. And then they'd said, hey, guess what? Surprise! We're actually going to put them in the game. And people were not happy back then. <laughs> because it kind of was silly. And it still is it's silly. It's like Panda, yeah. Exactly. It's silly. But it ended up working so well. Like, Blizzard really is a great developer, at least they used to be, and and they really had a, a way of making things just work. And Mist of Pandaria, after all was said and done, ended up being a fantastic expansion. Like a lot of people look back on on Mist of Pandaria. I want to say MOP, but I, I don't. I can't like use the abbreviations that I use in actual like you know when we're just talking in Warcraft lingo and chat and stuff. But uh, the expansion is looked back on fondly 
and I'm kind of glad about that. Mists of Pandaria was the one that, because I went to BlizzCon in 2011, that was the one where the, the Foo Fighters closed out the show, and that was the one where this expansion was announced. And, you know, I got to play the... Yeah, I got to play the, uh, you know, this this track here, the Wandering Isle, is the Pandaren starting area. So, you know, we got to go in there, and that was all playable on the show floor. Uh, that was the year that, well, obviously, we talked about it, but that was the because Diablo 3 released in 2012 as well. But Diablo 3 was at BlizzCon that year, too, and I got to play Diablo 3 there. And if you remember, they actually gave you Diablo 3 for free if you locked in a commitment's worth of a year to World of Warcraft. Now, you didn't have to pay for the full year up front. You just couldn't cancel your sub for a year once you locked it in. And they just gifted you Diablo 3 for free if you did that. That was actually announced at that opening ceremony at BlizzCon 2011. I was there. I, I, I look back on that year fondly, or that BlizzCon fondly. I, I really want to get back to BlizzCon one day. But I love this track. I love the soundtrack of Mr. Pandaria. It's so, like, Asian-themed. It's lovely, dude. It's so good. I can't get enough of it. That's one of the positive things that come out of 2012. We also had Kony 2012. Remember that? Barely. Yeah, don't, don't look it up. Nothing great. I barely remember that. I mean, I remember the hashtag, but I barely remember that. Isn't that sad? Like, less than 10 years ago, I can barely remember something. Uh, how about 2012, uh, when Lorene won the Eurovision Song Contest? Okay. I, I've never paid much attention to Eurovision. I will admit that. So I, I don't really know um, outside of the, uh, of the uh, you know, movie that Netflix put out. <laughs> With Will Ferrell. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I don't see anything else important happening in 2012 because, you know, it wasn't that great of a year. We, we, the world the world should have ended, uh, and it didn't. And now I've been nine years of suffering. Here on nine, years, nine years of suffering. 2021. Look what happened I'm last kidding. year. I'm Pandemic kidding. once again. Oh, I man. Joke, I joke. 2012 was great. It's when uh, Vladimir Putin uh, became oh, president Jesus. again. Oh, jeez. Uh, we, we love you, Putin. <laughs> PewDiePie? No, come on, man. I'm trying to get us some Russian exposure here. I mean, we probably have some Russian fans. We probably have some Russian listeners. Please, hack, hack my bank account. I need money. We have listeners everywhere, man. Like, it's amazing to me. The, Are we like ludicrous? Pretty much, man. Like, it, it's amazing to me how, how diverse and expansive BG Mania's reach None of our actually fans is. are as great as our UK fans. You guys are our bread and butter, number one, all time. We do have listeners in Russia. I just checked. Uh, you know, shout out to anybody listening in Moscow, St. Petersburg, Rostov, Murmansk, Moscow Oblast, Bashkortostan Republic, and Kemerovo Oblast. Okay, I'll speak a little Russian. Um, hello? Um, so <laughs> Just, just hello. <laughs> I was like, I, I understand so that. Your compact disc, George Michael. Ask him the George Michael CD. <laughs> it's the only clean sentence in Russian I know. The, everything else is bad words. Why do you know random sentences in different languages? I grew up very racially diverse in lots of different areas. Honestly, like, uh, I, I grew no, up I know, but you, but you know, like we, but you've taught yourself like weird sentences in different languages. You never know when you're going to need that word sentence, Brian. You never know when you're going to need to ask someone in Russian about a George Michael CD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, we have a uh, 15% of 15, 15% of our listenership is in the UK. That's amazing. Thank you guys so much. It's incredible. Uh, Frank, you have our closeout pick. 
and you you reached into the Kid Icarus Uprising well once again, and and this time ended up pulling out something composed by the wonderful Nora Yuki Awadare, who we did do a uh, composer appreciation episode on. We can't believe we used the Kid Icarus Uprising song. I'm yeah. fairly certain we did back when we called him Deep Dives, but it is a composer <laughs> Honestly, appreciation episode. We picked from that pretty decently because I know we picked, we picked I picked Dark Pick from it uh, at least a month well, ago. Well, well, it, it's a great soundtrack first of all, and it features totally. so many composers that. You know, you're not just getting one composer with Kid Icarus Uprising. I know you don't like the game, but the soundtrack is so awesome, dude. Like you have, what is it? Ten different composers, all phenomenal in their field, all celebrated composers contributing tracks to one game. And it just ended up being incredible. Yeah. Um, Also, the greatest thing that happened in 2012 was the birth of our Lord and Savior, Grumpy Cat. Oh, jeez. Grumpy Cat passed away, man. 20, yeah, 2019. Yeah, he gets yeah. seven years. Yeah, Grumpy Cat passed away. I remember that. So. Uh, my spirit, it, was, it was my spirit animal for a long time. <laughs> Grumpy Frank. <laughs> what an episode, man. Looking back on 2012, listening Looking to some great music. I know. Got to keep going with it. Looking back at time of our... Uh, Shout out to the AEW Blood and Destroyers and Elite Wrestling Podcast. But uh, yeah, man, this was a lot of fun. I, I like doing these spotlight episodes on years because it's fun to kind of go back and reminisce on, on the actual year itself while talking about games that either A, we played or B, we didn't play, but remember the music from. So uh, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this once again. And li- like I said, next, next time we'll do an, an odd year. We have to. We'll do something like, uh, I don't know. What's a good odd year? Maybe 1999. Maybe we'll party like it's 1999 next time we do a, a year episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, another another uh, time when the world's supposed to end. You know what? That's a pretty good tie together. Yeah, I don't know. Frank, I think we're about done here. Unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get on out of here. I think we said it all, Brian. All right. That is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible, of course, by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future updates to BG... Future updates? No, no. Future episodes to BG Mania at leveldowngames.com. I do this every week, and I still make mistakes. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show yourself by leaving a rating interview, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful you can drop another to our YouTube channel that's youtube.com forward slash level down games. Subscribe to us then if you haven't already while you're at it. Hit up twitch.tv forward slash level down games and click that follow button. We're going to be live a crap ton over the next seven days covering E3 2021. All the press conferences, all of the hopefully all of the trailer reaction videos that we can do. Uh, make sure you're checking out our YouTube channel. We'll be live all day, pretty much, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We'll be live uh, the day of this podcast posts and tomorrow as well. If you're not in our Discord server, you absolutely should be. You can see a schedule of all the stuff that we're going to be covering for E3 2021, as well as our weekly updates. So uh, Live watch-alongs, guys. Do it. Yeah, you know, live watch-alongs. I'm, I'm uh, live Brian, all the time. Brian's reactions make the whole thing. It takes your E3 to the next level. It levels up instead of down. It's like how much E4. <laughs> Do they? Do they? I don't know, man, because I feel like I'm not that good. Uh, uh, you can also stalk us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook will be the place to do so. Check that description box with the appropriate links. And like I mentioned, you can find a link to uh, that Discord server in that description box as well. Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to In the Space, Pirate Ship from Kid Icarus Uprising, released March 23rd, 2012, composed, as we mentioned, by Noriyuki Awadare. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.